you know, there's certain sermons that's really harder to preach than other sermons. I love preaching on heaven. I love preaching on on uh, things that, you know, makes people happy. But there is also something that needs to be said that's not always so pleasant. And tonight is one of those times. It's a, it's a message I've struggled with for two days. But it's just, you know, here we are at the beginning of a new year. <clears throat> this morning, I brought a message, a gospel message. And as a human being, this is the reason why. The, tonight's message is the reason why that I brought this morning's message. As a human being, as someone who looks out over this congregation and I see people that I love that have not yet come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now, this is the reason why that I, you know, that I brought about the gospel this morning. And the reason being is that I don't want you to see the fate that the rich man saw in Luke chapter 16. When the Bible says he lift up his eyes being in torments. Now I'm only human I'm only a human being. And I know there's reasons why that God saves people. I know the greatest reason is not to keep them from hell. But one of the greatest reasons that God saves individuals is that his name may be glorified. The reason why we're here tonight is for worship. The Lord deserves that worship from His children. The Lord saves so that we may give Him glory. And you look at human beings and there's not a whole lot of glory that human beings, sinful human man can give the great God of heaven. But what we are able to give, He receives as worship. Now that's one of the sole reasons that God saves people tonight. The reason why that I preach the gospel is because I don't want to see you find the fate that the rich man did. In Luke chapter 16, in verse 19, we see this portion of scripture that deals with Two different eternal placements. And as I look at this, and I look out over this congregation, I see, I see people that have grown up under our ministry. And, and when I first came here, I would hold in my arms, and now they're in college. And I don't want to see people that I've grown so fond of to find the same end as the rich man did. In verse 19, and again, I'm only speaking from the human standpoint, and I understand that God saves for reasons that go far beyond our intellectual content in our minds. He saves that 
people may bring glory to his name. But as just an old country preacher, tonight I want to see people saved so they don't find again the same end as this one individual. The Bible says in verse 19 of Luke 16, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus. Now, in any, in any of the Word of God, when proper names are used, it's more, this is not just a, this is not a parable, so to speak. Because in all the parables, never has a proper uh, a name been given to an individual. It's usually just a, it's a pictorial thought. But here we're looking at a real indication that it is a real individual. These two individuals actually lived. And this is what Jesus Christ is speaking of here. This one was named Lazarus, the beggar which was laid at the rich man's gate full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, more of the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass, there came a day, there came an hour, it was that appointed time that Hebrews 9.27 speaks of, which is appointed to each and every one of us that are gathered in this house tonight. We are all going to die one day. There is an appointed time for all of us, but the thing of it is, none of us know when our appointed time will come. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And verse 23 tells the tale of the lives that were lived. One was carried into Abraham's bosom, Lazarus. And it wasn't because he lived a good life, but it was because he lived a life that was dedicated to the Master. This other individual, this rich man, the Bible says he also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment. Now this is the reason why that I preach the gospel to you so often. Because I don't want to see our loved ones die and find their, their place beside the rich man. Now I know that may be a... A, a, uh, a sacrilegious thought but listen again I'm only human and I don't want to see no harm come to anybody that I know or anybody that I love so tonight I read this account of these two ends and I want you to just take time to listen to it again in verse 23 the Bible says and in hell he lifted up his eyes being in torments and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. 
and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and thou art tormented. And beside this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren that they may testify of them lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one would went out unto them from the dead, they, they will repent. And he said unto them, unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. I want to bring a message tonight, facts concerning hell. Facts concerning hell. If you're here tonight and you don't know the Lord your Savior, I want you to listen to me. Again, as, as just an old country preacher, I want you to know that I feel for you and I have a longing to see your soul saved by the grace of God. Because I don't want you to suffer like the rich man is still suffering tonight. So may God direct your heart. May God direct your ear. I want you to hear me. I want you to know the pathway out of this horrible place. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow before your throne tonight, we do so with thankful hearts. We're thankful, dear God, that you sent your Son to die in our place, that we may be spared this place called hell. And I know, dear God, that's not the sole reason that you sent your Son to die for us, but truly it was that we would bring honor and glory to your name. But Father, also, as a, as a pastor, I feel for these that are unsaved. Lord, tonight I pray that you will open their ears that they may hear. Open their eyes that they may see what lies ahead in the future. Of the unsaved Christ rejecter who dies in their sin. Lord, I pray that you will just bless this evening. And Lord, help us. Help us tonight to know that there is an eternity just beyond our last breath here. And Lord, I pray for thy salvation to fall upon this house this evening. Fill this house, dear God, tonight with thy glory. May your presence be felt and may your presence be known in this house. Give us the freedom of speech and the power and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit that we stand in need of. And Lord, bless and may thy name be praised and may you receive everything that's been done thus far and that will do until the end of the service as worship. For truly tonight, dear God, we worship you. Bless us this evening now, Father, and forgive us our sin in Christ's name and amen. Thanks. Concerning hell. The number one 
point that I have tonight is there is an entrance into hell. You know when that is, where it is? It's at the end of the Christ rejecter's life. There's your open door to a place called hell. That's what the rich man found when he died. The Bible says, and he was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes being in torments. In other words, the very moment that he passed from this life to the next, he met his eternal fate. He met his eternal abode. There is an open door that leads to hell. And again, it is at the end of the Christ rejecter's life. The Bible states in Matthew in chapter 7 and verse 13 and 14 about what that way looks like. As a matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 7, the Bible says in verse 13, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go therein at, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Folks, I want you to know the death of the Christ rejecter is the very entrance into a place called hell. In Isaiah in chapter 5, I want you to look here for just a moment and, and, and think about it what it says in verse 14, Isaiah 5 and verse 14. The Bible says this now, Therefore, Hell hath enlarged herself. Now I want you to think about this, this statement for just a moment. The Bible states that hell has enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure. It is a gulf that is fixed wide open and it's receiving all who will not come to Jesus as Savior. It is an open door. It is an open hole that people fall into when they die and leave this world without Jesus. The Bible says, In their glory and their multitude and their pomp, and he that rejoiceth shall descend into it. You know, as I look at these facts concerning hell, that's one of the, that's one of the, the thoughts that really get a hold of me. I've preached many funerals in my ministry. I've preached funerals of, of saved saints of God, and, and those, those are not necessarily uh, hard to preach, but they are yet hard to preach, but they're not like someone who has never trusted the Lord as their Savior. It's a, that's one of the hardest messages I believe I can ever offer because I cannot give anything to the family in a way of condolence. I cannot offer hope to those that, that die without the Lord Jesus Christ because they never trusted Jesus and the hope of salvation is no longer there because they have died and gone their way. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, I believe it's chapter 12 and verse 5, that there is a long home that we go to and that long home is our eternal abode and there's two long homes in eternity. One of them leads to heaven. 
and one of them leads to hell. Let me ask you something tonight. Where is your long home going to be? Now, secondly, I want you to think about this. I want you to notice there's experiences in hell that you'll never be able to get over. In Luke chapter 16, back in our text again, the Bible states something that I I pray will get a hold of your attention. In verse 23 and verse 24, it says here, As the rich man died and was buried... And verse 23 says, And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Think about this for just a moment. The torments of the wicked. You may be sitting here tonight and you say to yourself, Listen, I'm not a wicked person. I'm not like the murderer out in Idaho. I'm not like the murderer on death row here tonight. I'm not like the rapist down the road. I'm not the, I'm not the, uh, uh, the, the town drunk or the, or the gluttonous uh, individual. I'm not like those other people that deserve hell. Let me tell you something. Every last one of us deserves hell. We deserve the punishment because of sin in our lives. That God sent His Son to die in our place. And, and the fact that you go to hell is because you reject Jesus Christ as Savior. That's the reason why people go to hell today. God didn't choose you to go to hell. You know, I hear that so often when we are dealing with situations when it comes to uh, 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 eternal election and what have you. Uh, people begin to say, well, that means God elected people to go to hell. No, we were all on our way to hell. Because of the fall that happened in the Garden of Eden. Sin had passed upon all men, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, we all deserve to be cast into a lake of fire. You say, well, I don't deserve that. Listen, the Bible says you were shapen in iniquity. And in sin did your mothers conceive you. In other words, you were born with that blood disorder. You were born with a blood disease. That blood disease passes sin through our whole bodies. That's the reason why tonight that we have sicknesses. The reason why tonight that we wear glasses or hearing aids. The reason why tonight that we have artificial uh, uh, limbs or or joints all over our bodies. The reason why that we have uh, uh, cadaver bones put in us or whatever it is. It's because of sin. It's because the sin disease has ruined this body. Therefore, we need a Savior. We need, a, we need to be, be bought back as I dealt with this past Wednesday night in our, in our evening service. Listen, to be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. To be repurchased, so to speak. But there is something that I want you to get a hold of. The Bible says in the book of Jude in verse 13 that there's blackness beyond any imagination that we have. 
And I know many of you have been to the Mammoth Caves or even over here to Carter Caves when you get down into the depths of the cave and they cut the lights out. And I mean, it's, the darkness is so thick. You know what it's going to be like in hell for all eternity? It's going to be pitch black. It's going to be utter darkness is what the Bible says. You know, people are going to be cast into outer darkness. A place where no light exists. Now I want you to know something. I'm one of those people that couldn't live in Alaska because I couldn't handle the darkness that they have up there for so long. I got to have the light. You know why? Because it makes me feel good inside. I'm one of those people that have to have the light. For without the light, I believe it would drive me crazy. And you know, that's what one of the experiences is going to be in hell. You may think that that is not necessarily a big deal. But when you're without the light, and you have no hope of ever seeing light again, you'll know then that that experience is going to be one of the most wicked experiences you've ever saw. Outer darkness, Second Peter chapter 2 and verse 17 speaks about that. And change reserved in outer darkness. There's everlasting punishment according to Matthew chapter 25. And Matthew chapter 8 talks about the fact that that one of the experiences of hell is weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. You say, preacher, you're just trying to scare me. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to get you aware of what lies in the depths of hell. Weeping and wailing. Weeping and wailing because you heard the gospel and you never would come to it. You heard a mom and dad or a grandparent praying over you, praying the Lord would save your soul, praying that you would come to a realization that you needed salvation, but you wouldn't come. I believe those experiences something you're going to hear and haunt you for all eternity. Every gospel message you ever heard, every gospel message you ever read, I believe is going to be a part of the hell that individuals go through because there was the way, but you refused it. The experiences of hell is not pleasant. The gnashing of teeth you know, this is one of those things that I had to look up because, you know, I've, I've heard preachers say, well, that's where people are biting each other. That's not what it is. The gnashing of teeth is you're gnawing your tongue to try to relieve the pain of the rest of your body. You've seen that in people that are suffering cancer and, and terrible, terrible deaths because of cancer. To gnaw at your tongue. Because of pain. That is one of the experiences that the rich man saw and realized and still realizes today. I want you to understand thirdly that there is an eternity of hell. The eternity of hell is the fact that it will never go away. The fire will never be quenched and the worm shall never die. That worm is our conscience. The conscience that reminds you every moment, every breath that you take in hell, you will be, your conscience will remind you of every opportunity that you were given to come to Jesus through a gospel message, an invitation, somebody visiting you on the road, 
somebody going door to door and inviting you to church and asking you about your soul, I believe every person that ever talks to you about Jesus is going to flash before your eyes the rest of your eternal existence. And yes, the eternity of hell is the fact that there's a great gulf and no one can escape it. That great gulf that uh, Abraham was speaking of there in, the, in Luke chapter 16, that, that reminds me of one thing. Listen, you know, I've, I want you to understand this. There is, a, there is a window from hell to heaven. You say, well, how do you know that? Because the rich man saw Abraham in in the, or, or saw Lazarus in Abraham's bosom. He saw the bliss that he was enjoying. He saw through that place across the great abyss he could see on the other side the joys of heaven. That's something that's going to be experienced one day. I just pray that you don't experience it. I pray tonight that you will come to your senses, so to speak. You know, I don't believe in fear-mongering. I don't believe in causing people to fear and to make a decision or, or, to, or to do something. I want you to just, just to know what goes, what lies outside your last breath if you continue to reject Jesus Christ. There's another fact I want you to face is there's no friends in hell. There's no friends in hell. As a matter of fact, I've heard a young boy tell me one time, he said, Preacher, he says, I'm not interested in your heaven. I want to go to hell to be where all my friends are. You're not going to have any friends in hell. You know why? Because there's going to be that great, that great disparaging thought that the rich man had. Tell others not to come to this terrible place of torment. There's no friends in hell. You know, I, again, this was this happened right here on this very road. I had I had a boy to tell me. He said, "Hey, I want to be where my friends are. I want to party it up. We're going to live like we've never lived before." And I said, "Yes, you sure are. You're going to live throughout all eternity. And if you die in in, in your condition that you're in tonight, you're going to realize there was a way of escape. But I wouldn't take it." There's going to be enemies there. There's going to be your greatest enemy, the devil's going to be there. The enemy of these demons, these fallen angels that are now reserved in chains of darkness. I want you to know something. There's coming a day when those chains are going to be broken asunder and they're going to be cast into the lake of fire right with all the Christ rejectors of the world in all time. They're not going to be your friend, that's for sure. No friends. No loved ones. No kindred spirits. Nothing like what we have in the house of God, amen? We have friends here. We have loved ones here. 
We have kindred spirits here, people of like faith and, and of a like mind who love the Lord and, and who want to worship Him. You're not going to have that in hell. And again, my last point tonight is just simply this. You know, I've already spoken on this a little bit, uh, you know, about uh, there's, there's no open doors in hell. And listen, there's only one way into hell, and that's rejecting Jesus Christ, and you'll find it. But there is no escape of hell. The rich man lift up his eyes, being in torments, and even this very hour, we're talking over 2,000 years later, he is st- he's still there. He's still suffering. He's still begging for that one drop of water. He's still begging for that one consoling, consoling person to touch him and to, and to help his pain to go away. You see, that's a reason why I preach the gospel. I know that's probably not the right way to put it. For I'm to preach the gospel, number one, that God may be glorified. But I still, man, I, I, I love my church family. And I love your families. I love people that, have, that I've worked with in this community for nearly 19 years. People that I've visited over and over and over again. Walking out into the middle of a tobacco patch somewhere and giving the gospel to four to five men at a time. I'll tell you what, I love people. And I love this community. I love the people that make up this community. I mean, this is a special community, I'm telling you. I mean, that's just the way I feel about it. It's a community that's almost set back in time where people love each other. They do for each other. You know what? I I love people. I don't want to see people suffer the way the rich man is suffering tonight. So when I look at this no escape of hell, once there, no door will ever open to any safe place again. There'll be no window you can open for a breeze to let in or a storm cloud to pass through. For your life will always be a life of torment. You say, preacher, that is that is the most hideous message I've ever heard at the beginning of a new year. That is hell. It is hideous. Hell is hideous. Hell is destructive. Hell is destroying. Hell is a place where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. You see, hell is real. A lot of people think that we live, I had a man tell me the other day, well, we're living our hell right here on earth. I said, no, you're not. As bad as your life may be, it's not hell. But if you die without the Lord Jesus Christ, your Savior, you'll know what real hell is all about. Folks, I want you to know tonight that, I, that I'm trusting the Lord to save your soul. 
Every individual that's in this house tonight, listen, understand this. I have prayed for you today. If you're here tonight and you don't know the Lord your Savior, you have personally been named among the God of heaven. And I'm praying for your soul. Because I don't want to see you suffer like the rich man did. Hell. It's an awful place. Hell is a real place. It's not a figment of imagination. Hell is an actual place. And you don't want to know where it is? It's at the end of the Christ rejecter's life. Don't reject the salvation of the Lord. Don't turn away from the salvation that can spare you the awful wrath to come. Come to Jesus tonight. Just like the message I preached this morning, that glorious gospel message, listen, there's hope in the Lord. Come to Him tonight. Come to Him that you may not find yourself absorbed in the wrath of a sin-hating God. Because one day His wrath will be exposed and it will be poured out upon all who reject Him. Don't reject Him tonight. Come to Jesus. Trust Him as your Savior. And He'll give you life.